We are constantly triggered in our day-to-day lives, but knowing exactly why can be so incredibly tough to pinpoint. Welcome to Stop, I've Just Been Triggered Season 2, where we will explore all things triggers and how to mindfully navigate our own healing journey. I'm Natalie Collar. And I'm Candice Fraser. Let's do this, Candice. Hello, everyone. We are back this fortnight to discuss big T traumas. Candice, how are you doing? Hey, Nat, I'm really good, thank you, and ready for this rather deep chat today, I think it'll be. Mm, Same, same. It's time to talk all things about big T trauma. Mm. How about we start by looking at the classification, for lack of a better word, around big T trauma? Sure, it's probably the best place to start, isn't it? Yeah. So for the listeners, big T trauma is... A, any rea- a reaction or any reaction to a deeply disturbing, um, it could be life-threatening event or a situation. And so that's why we usually think of extreme events mm. when thinking of trauma. So, for example, when you mention trauma, most people think of war or natural disasters, violent crimes, things like school shootings mm. and, you know, um, serious car accidents and sexual abuse Mm. you know most of the time when I tell people I'm a trauma therapist they say oh you have to deal with sexual abuse that's like Mm. the first thing that comes up so in addition to those things as well Candice you've probably delved into this too the death of a parent or a loved one can also be classified as big t trauma yeah Absolutely. And they are, they're the big things. And they're Mm. the kinds of traumas that can lead to quite severe PTSD. Um, So for everyone out there who's listening uh, and doesn't have the background around what classifies as PTSD, but it's essentially when trauma symptoms uh, hang around for more than a month Mm. and that they're severe enough to interfere with daily activities and functioning. Mm, exactly and you know post-traumatic stress disorder it's not something that you get over easily no um an acute big t trauma results from a single traumatic incident Mm -hmm. um while chronic big t sorry trauma is the result of repeated or ongoing trauma Mm. so this can be things like the physical and sexual abuse or domestic violence Mm. Um, and in our modern times, what falls under this category as well is bullying, cyberbullying. Cyber yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, that can really qualify as chronic trauma, you know, in particular if it's severe and ongoing because yeah. it can be relentless for some. Oh, it can be. And we've seen young people uh, mm. take their lives. Like it's it's mm. it's very, very severe. Um, big T trauma and PTSD have really serious mental, physical, and even emotional impacts on people. Mm, yeah, they do. And and it's not easy because most of the effects of trauma can be long-lasting and then negatively affect their daily function, mm. um, their relationships, the way they communicate, the way they see themselves as well as the overall, you know, the overall mental health in the long term. So it's it has a drastic effect. We're talking some people are incapacitated, basically. Oh, 
incapacitated and you know to the extent big t trauma is associated with a higher risk of suicide unfortunately Mm -hmm. that's yeah, unfortunately, Han, this it's so tr- it's true, and it's a really painful reality and statistic yeah. as well when you look at the stats. Mm. You know, so look, whether it's little T or big tra- T trauma, the body and the brain have a set of specific responses to traumatic experiences, and we've discussed this. We've discussed this in the last couple of episodes. Um, we've talked about it in our trigger episodes. Basically, the body keeps score, you know, Um, and these reactions are the body's way of protecting us and preparing us to confront a threat. Mm. So it's it's natural is what I'm trying to get at. It is, and our body is really trying to protect us. And yes, as we've touched on many a times in this podcast, we're talking about those fight or flight responses, the freeze, the fawn, um, you know, we've we've discussed them many a times, but mm. we also wanted to today just touch on a few additional components that um, are often thrown around as trauma responses and thrown around, that's probably not the right term, um, but they're additional things to fight, flight, freeze mm. that are really common in the trauma space. So, yeah. To really briefly touch on freeze is the brain uh, measuring the extent of the threat. The senses are heightened kind of in order to expand awareness, but we don't necessarily get heightened to take action. Mm. Um, flight is the muscles tensing, getting ready to flee, to run. Uh, fight is when, you know, your heart rate increases um, your respiratory function speeds up and your body is just preparing to confront the danger to mm. fight. Um, then we've got fright. And so this is when fear takes over in response to a sense of helplessness. So that really reduces your ability to think clearly. And that's a mm. really common one in trauma. Mm. Then we've got flag. So that's the body's system beginning to shut down. And that results in kind of a numbing of emotions and that's Mm. something that a lot of people I talk to who have experienced trauma have this numbing of Mm. of all their emotions and then lastly we've got the the faint response so in extreme cases the body sometimes responds to trauma by fainting which is quite closely associated with the fawn response as well Exactly, exactly. And those last three that you said, like it's beautifully explained, Candice. Um, you know, basically the last three, they're really about big T trauma. Mm. Um, especially the fainting. Like I I, you know, it's not common that for little T traumas, um, you would have that response. Like you said, that's kind of connected to the fawn response. Mm. But um in some extreme cases, that's what will happen. Yeah. Yeah, this the nervous system can't always distinguish between an actual threat to physical safety, um, mm. you know, and an emotional and mental threat. It, it, it can't do that. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons these traumatic events and reactions are held as somatic memories in the body. Yeah. You know, therefore, like even if a traumatic event or incident um, or even an ongoing trauma happened a long time ago, 
a traumatized brain and body can go, uh, go into this series of reactions whenever the individual experiences a trauma trigger, Yeah, which is really amazing when you think about it. The body's mm. that heightened mm. to protect. And always on, yeah. Always on. And, you know, the nervous system of a trauma survivor can sometimes remain in that state of hyperarousal and hypervigilance even when there's no immediate danger. Um, and this occurs when the brain and the body have not yet found a way to process or let go of the trauma. Mm. So there's some symptoms to look out for that are the effects of trauma and especially big T trauma. Um, and so Candice and I are just going to run through a list together, sort of share some of the effects and symptoms. Um, so ex excessive crying mm. is one. Um, irritability, anger, and fearfulness. And we're talking in excess here. Mm. Um, flashbacks, replaying the experience over and over and over again in your mind. Um, nightmares and trouble sleeping. And then, mm. Candice, do you want to share a few as yeah, well? Yeah, absolutely. So using things to um, numb the pain or cope, things like drugs or alcohol, gambling, shopping, sex, all those kind of addiction things. Um, then there's also physical symptoms like headaches or stomach pain or irritable bowel, chronic fatigue and exhaustion, hypervigilance. We've, I think we've already touched on that. The jumpiness, um, excessive sweating, racing heart, goodness there's just there's so many faces unfortunately um to define or show a trauma wound mm. um, so Nat how about we share a little bit about how to heal the trauma before it just gets too heavy, too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's probably a good idea and it's the reason we do the podcast right not to really get into the heavy stuff but um to sort of share some support. Light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That's right. So I think that's a wonderful idea. Um, look, we can't give therapy sessions over the podcast, but what we can do is share techniques and exercises to help any trauma survivors that are listening. So I thought today, it's okay with you, Candice, um, yeah, yeah. we can share a grounding technique. Um, and it's one that Candice and I both use with our clients and it's a great one because it just brings body awareness, awareness back to your body and brings you back to the self and just grounds you, but no one knows you're actually doing it. Yeah. So you can do it absolutely anywhere in any situation. So the technique is tensing and relaxing different parts of the body. So I'll give you an example. So we're sitting in an office or something like that or a meeting and if you're safe to do so, please just follow along. Um, if you're getting nervous, let's say you're anxious, you're sitting in this meeting or there's some kind of trauma that has been triggered within you in a certain circumstance, what you would do is press your feet into the ground beneath you as hard as you can and hold it there for a few seconds. Then slowly you release the pressure and notice how your feet feel afterwards. And again, you'd repeat this with the arms of your chair. You would tightly grip the arms of the chair, 
hold it for a few seconds and then release it slowly and relax mm. and let go and then see how your hands are feeling. Now, if you're away from people, what you then can continue to do is do that with different parts of the body. So you can actually physically grab your arm, your muscles and squeeze and then slowly release and then notice how your arm feels. You can do it with your hands together. You can do it on your legs and you basically just move your way through the body to different body parts, bringing awareness back to the body and grounding again. So, mm. you know, this is here and now, you know, mm. all is well. Mm. I, because, I love that. Yeah. And it's so valuable. And and another thing um, you can do, again, when no one's around or it looks a little odd, is tapping the muscles. If you mm. don't have the energy to kind of tense and release, just mm. tapping on them, just mm. moving your way around your body, tapping on your muscles mm. um, can be another one just to bring awareness back into the body. Um, it's powerful. I love that exercise, Nat. It's one that I work with a lot of people on. So love, mm. love, love. <laughs> I think... Grounding exercises are useful, aren't they? Like oh, I, so I think useful. people must get sick of us harping on about them, but oh, they do make the world a difference. They they really do. And I think sometimes we think they sound so simple that we don't bother trying because it's too simple mm. to work, but they really do. Mm. They really do. Especially um, for trauma survivors, I think. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, because they don't feel safe within their own skin most mm. of the time, especially mm. big T trauma survivors. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and I think another exercise, the same as what we mentioned in our last episode, just that jumping, shaking technique, like just moving your body vigorously but safely so you don't do an injury um, to get that energy out just to, mm. to release even dance just move mm. your body mm. and allow that energy to just move out mm. and it's always important like Candace said move how you feel your body is safe to move yes and that's the whole thing about trauma you have to feel safe um, within that movement or within that space or within that action the safety is probably the most important part. Oh, I think it absolutely is, has to be the first step mm. um, when dealing with trauma. Mm. And I was also thinking, you know, trauma healing really does take place in connection with others. Human beings are really social creatures and we need support and we need validation. Mm. Absolutely, Candice. Yeah, there's there's an increased risk of, of um, prolonged distress when trauma goes unrecognised and even more so if it's dismissed by those around us. Mm. Mm. It just kind of drags on. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes because of the lack of uh, visibility and awareness around trauma, mm. uh, it can be really hard for people to reach out and ask for support, mm. which is why therapists like Nat and I really, really understand the importance of recognising what and how our clients are affected by, uh, what has, what is their experience life, what's the meaning of their experiences. 
Mm -hmm. That's a really, that's another really good point. You know, recognizing how each survivor has made sense of the trauma. Mm. You know, and then it was much better yeah. said than how I just mumbled it out then. <laughs> no, no, we're both saying the same thing. <laughs> and then also how it's maybe negatively impacting and affecting their life today, like mm. still. Yeah, and it's so individual, so mm. individual. There's mm-hmm. really not, you know, a one suit fits all. No. There's so many different treatment approaches, uh, which is which is why like therapists like Natty and Natty, sorry, Natalie. You can call me Natty. Natty. <laughs> so, am I meant to be formal here? No, <laughs> I don't be. Natalie and I really we can all refer work to me hard. as Natty now. <laughs> um, that's good. I'll do that. Um, make sure we have a collection of modalities under our belt to really help trauma, to, mm. to resolve trauma. And, you know, um, we both do somatic therapies. Uh, Nat is a great root cause therapist. I do hypnotherapy. We both do regression work, um, talk. Uh, I do, uh, you know, the rapid eye movement desensitization. Uh, Natalie is beautifully holistic in all her approaches. Um, so it's really important to approach trauma or work with a therapist who has a collection of tools because we're such individual beings. Mm-hmm. And our responses to trauma are so individual too. Yes, yeah. You know, I think that's probably the real keys, not only we're individual, but the response and how we've interpreted mm. our own traumas. You know, no one's looking through the same lens really. Mm, so, spot on. Mm. Yeah. So look, this like Candice said, there's so many great choices for support. The support is out there. The main thing to remember is when it comes to big T trauma, I'd say in particular, um, or any variant of trauma, avoidance, numbing, and dismissal may be the easy option initially and for the first couple of years in some cases. Yeah, decades for some, yeah. Decades for some. However... Until we're able to really confront the trauma and the effect of the trauma and how we've made sense of it, then we're only, if we don't do that, we're prolonging the healing process. Mm. So as soon as we make that shift and we start to face it and we start to delve into it and we start to see how we've maybe adopted certain characteristics to combat you know what the stresses we're feeling the healing will just get dragged out you know Mm. we it's it's just it's amazing isn't it like Mm. you can suppress it as long as you want but really it's it's got to come up at some point and and it does Mm. it it can Mm. show up in all sorts of unhealthy self-sabotaging ways yeah, this is a, a really big, sorry. I was about to say it's a big burden to carry too. Yeah, massive burden, and it's heavy and it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah, especially a big, big T trauma. Please, if you feel safe, speak to someone. At least mm. do that because yes. there be so many people carrying things that they've carried for, like you said, decades, mm. Mm. and they really need to get it off their chest. Absolutely, absolutely. Life's yeah. life's too short to carry that around. Yeah, um, I agree. And, Look, this is a really heavy subject. 
and we know that it's really confronting and uncomfortable um, for a lot of people, in particular those who have experienced trauma. Um, Mm. As we've said, if you have suffered from big T trauma, little T trauma, any of the traumas, please reach out. Both Natalie and I are trauma-informed and ready to help and hold a space. There's no shame in therapy and it's not nearly as scary as you think it might be. Oh, exactly. And I think the thing is most importantly, you'll actually have people that see you for what you are. Don't expect you to be anything else. No, um, absolutely. That will not judge you or what's happened to you. And um, they can actually maybe help you move through some mm. of the things that you've been carrying for so long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like Candice said, we are always here um, and we're sorry if this has brought up any distressing memories for people because it's always a subject that can kind of, you know, be triggering. Mm. So that's why we've kept it very, very short and more informative rather than digging into the actual things that classify as big T trauma. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, In our next episode, we're going to chat a little bit about generational trauma, which is really um, another big one. Geez, we're Mm -hmm. really digging into the heavy stuff at the moment here, aren't we? (laughs) We are a bit, but look, I mean, it's good to class it. It's good, not classify, but it's good to expand and explain what trauma is because oh. it's a buzzword at the moment. And I think some people don't see how much impact it actually can have on other people's lives. Yeah. They kind of just fob it off. So it's yeah. worth it's worth it, Candice, even though I it's think quite so. deep. I think so. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you in a fortnight's time. <laughs>